0: the top players and legends to the very best analysts around the world from wherever the beautiful game is played this is BTP. now we're talking football Yes, hello, folks, welcome to an episode of the Power Jammer, as always, Phil Brown, and I am say, delighted to be joined here with the absolutely legendary Andy Gray. Andy needs an introduction for me, of course, who's on Sky Sports for years now, working and being sports in the beautiful Qatar. Let me welcome to the show, Andy. How you doing,
1: man? Uh, all good here, a little, little bit hot, <laughs> um, a, little bit, a little bit probably warmer, just a touch warmer than where you are. But uh, yeah, we're all good. We're staying safe, and uh, we're all good. We're all good at the moment.
0: Well, I'm in Los Angeles. It's 95 outside, so uh, I'm not far behind But so I know exactly how high. Okay, you're
1: 95. We... You're 95. Well, I, I can I, as as you're in Los Angeles, I can trump you. I bet you can. I think we were we were 46 today, so that's 46. That's 92, 102. That's about 118. Uh, you you can keep it.
0: I get, when I go to Vegas, when it's 109, <laughs> when it's 100, that's no place for an Irishman or a Scotsman, believe me. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I go to Vegas, when it's in the <laughs> hundreds, that's, uh, it's, uh, that's a bit rough. Let me ask you about the football, mate, because... Um, so much going on. I want to ask you, of course, Spurs play Everton tonight. Um, Jose Mourinho is a guy who no other time in his career has faced this type of questioning. He's in a different situation than what he's been in for the most part of his career, maybe maybe, maybe since Porto. Let me ask you, uh, has Mourinho lost his luster? Um, has Mourinho lost his luster? Um, do you
1: know what? I think that there are too many people Um, who are very quick to hang Josie Mourinho out to dry. There is absolutely no doubt that the team he took over at Tottenham had been struggling for some time under Poch. Poch was a great coach for a lot of years, but somewhere along the line, um, they, he, together, they lost their way. And the cracks were there, and and Tottenham picked a guy with a proven record you can't argue with that look at his CV tells you everything you know and I always think we're too quick to jump on people who are over 50 and say dinosaur Mm -hmm. you can't do it anymore I would not I mean I don't I think I I, I think you're right I think Josie's under pressure which I'm amazed I'm saying that Mm -hmm. I think he's under pressure I think if he loses tonight he's under mega pressure but I think if you appoint Jose Mourinho, you have to give him the opportunity to buy his own players, to to form his own team and group and get the thing going. You can't just bring him in and say, these are the players you've got, make us play.
0: Yeah.
1: Because they might not be the players Josie wants. And most a lot of them aren't the type of player Jose wants. So, if Daniel Levy and Joe Louis, are uh, Um, uh, are happy with Jose to carry on for another couple of years, then I think we'll see Mourinho back doing what he does best, noising people up, winning football Mm. matches, possibly winning trophies, which, let's be fair, you can't actually say Tottenham have a long list of trophies uh, in the last 20 years. They don't. But I think if Mourinho can't do it, then you're struggling to get anyone
0: who can no, I completely agree with you. You have to back him. Um, but that's the odd part for me. When I look at Daniel Levy, not someone that strikes me as someone who's going to spend a lot of money. That's why, for me, it was an yeah. odd choice to bring Mourinho in because he is someone that you bring him in, you get him the players that he wants, he'll win you football games. Um, the question is, is the Spurs going to give him the money to spend? Well,
1: uh, well, post-corona, post-Covid-19, so. um, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. I, I mean, I just think that if he was promised a lot of money he's not going to get a lot of money Mm. but listen the Premier League hopefully when it comes back in all its glory next year will come back it's not the same as it is and and by the way I don't think it's a bad thing that we get a a little what's the words I'm looking for you know you just get check yourself and say this game not going out yeah well not just that yeah I think that you know we're paying people Fortunes to play football And I mean fortunes We're asking fans to fork out fortunes I've always said well, Listen, you can't abuse the fans And we have done You can't keep asking the fans to put hands in their pockets And we have done And do you know what this has done? Do you know what the lockdown has done? It's shown us that without fans We really don't have football as we know it We don't And therefore We should look after them and we should treasure them, and we should try to not rip them off by charging them more and more and more. We should be charging them less and less and less. And I, I hope that this is maybe a jumpstart that that feeling, because without fans, football is absolutely nothing like it should be.
0: Completely agree. Yeah, completely
1: agree. Maybe it is
0: time for a reset. Let me ask you, uh, Carlo Ancelotti, of course, taking over at Everton. He's Mourinho's opponent tonight uh, your old club first of all what is your take on
1: Ancelotti at Everton so far? Do you know what I? when, when he signed Richard Keyes and I had an argument here in Qatar uh, he thought he thought Ancelotti should have gone to Arsenal and that uh, Mikel Arteta should have gone to Everton he thought project at mm-hmm. Everton young man, going in there, Ancelotti, seasoned, experience going into Arsenal could pick it up. I, I know what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. But my argument is that if Ancelotti arrives at Everton, not just for a payoff, but with his mojo intact, with his desire to make something happen, then I want him there. And I think sure. I've seen, in the short time he's been there, I've seen massive improvement. I mean that. I think in attitude and the way we play, and the way we shift the football. I think that I'm absolutely delighted. And when he gets hopefully when he gets a summer with money to spend, as Everton should have loads of money to spend. There's no argument about that now. We should have loads of money to spend. When we use his intelligence and his staffs to identify players, I'm I think that next year might be a really, really good year for Everton
0: about him, massive football club. I want to ask you about uh, Pep yeah. Guardiola. He's lost nine Premier League games this season. Um, it, City last season and during Pep's tenure have just been truly sensational on another level. This year, not quite. Uh, defensively, he needs some reinforcements. Uh, this is probably not where City thought they would be under Pep after four years. Uh, what what has what gone wrong for them this year, Andy? Has it just been the defence? Um,
1: a little bit, yeah. But also the fact is You cannot do what they've done Year in, year out um, This is a tough league um, You only have to ask Fergie Ask Fergie mm-hmm. and those glorious years he had I think he had one, One triple Yeah mm-hmm. I think he won the league Back to back to back once I think he had a couple of doubles Where he won back to back leagues It's a tough, tough league To win consistently Especially when the quality of Liverpool That are around So yeah. All I think it's happened with Manchester City this year is that they came up against a team who, everything's gone for them, um, they've played brilliantly, I won't deny that, but they've had things go their way in games that, that you need to go your way if you're going to win a title, and I think they've had that, But if, and, and losing nine games already, you know, with five games to go, is not what Pep Guardiola would have wanted. To have lost three away games on the trot for the first time in his career mm-hmm. as a manager, as he did last night, or against Southampton, um, it's not acceptable for Pep Guardiola. But sometimes you need to move on, and this team is, is, is progressing, it's evolving. You know, We'll see very little, I think, of Fernandinho next year. Mm-hmm. We'll probably see less and less of Aguil next year we'll probably see well we know David Silva is leaving in the summer he's gone so we're, we're, we're watching a a, a a city side evolve a little and what they've got to do is what Fergie did with Manchester United so brilliantly when is he, when he was reshaping teams he still won the league Fergie he was that good so now what we're going to see from Pep is you're reshaping this team you know you brought Rodri in you've got Phil Foden who you think is going to be a sensational footballer You know, you've got one or two others that are coming into your side. Um, You know, can Gabriel Jesus be the other, the next um, Sergio Aguero? We don't know yet. We don't know. So there's lots of things. But you're right. The one place, the one place where I worry about them, and I think will stop them winning the Champions League, is defensively. I think going forward, they're as good as they've been. I mean, I watched them last last night play Southampton. And I thought they created chance after chance after chance. Mm-hmm. One of those nights you get them, you get them when nothing goes right for you. But if that's the case, don't lose the game. Right, that's the difference. Um, so for me, going on, and I think that the Champions League charge this year is a big one for Pep because we don't know if they're going to be in it next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so. we wait on. <clears throat> we're going to wait and see whether they get found guilty of irregularities and whether they're not allowed to play in the Champions League next year so it's even more important that they win it this year yeah. and, I, and I think the only thing that will stop them winning it this year and you're absolutely right to question it is the ability of the defence yeah. to keep clean sheets in big games and that will be the thing even in the game that Liverpool lost 4-0 recently when it was 0-0 Liverpool could easily have been 2 or 3 up easy easy yeah but we forget that because City won 4-0. But that's the one thing that worries me. You're right. And I think it's the one question mark I have over the City side. Is are you good enough defensively um, to win the Champions League and to win the Premier League again? I think Pep's got to address that, yeah.
0: Let me ask you about Mikel Arteta at Arsenal. Because he's got a good win against Wolves the other night. <clears throat> Important win for him. But when they look at someone like Leicester and they're sitting in third. And then I look at someone like Arsenal, who's spending £70 million on Nicolas Pepe, uh, a new sprinkle money mm-hmm. throughout the team. Why are Arsenal not able to do what Leicester can do?
1: Oh, Arsenal are capable to do not only what Leicester do, but far more. Uh, what we have to understand is, Mikel Arteta was not responsible for Nicolas Pepe, um, or anyone else, basically, who he's brought in. He's come in, he's, looked at, he's looking at his group, he's deciding who he wants to keep, He's deciding who he wants to go, and then I think that the hierarchy at Arsenal will not go mental. They won't go overboard, but I think they'll give him the funds he needs as long as he can get rid of one or two. Mm-hmm. You know, whether he gets the disposal, I doubt. If I'm getting three hundred fifty thousand a week at Arsenal sitting on my backside, I'm going to keep sitting on my backside. <laughs> you know, that's Arsenal's fault. They should never have given him that kind of yeah. contract. Yes. if I'm Matteo Guenduzi at 20 years of age or whatever getting fortunes um, am I going to go somewhere where I'm getting half as much probably not so that, that's half the problem for Mikel Arteta but I like what he's doing and I think he will be a success and I think that given time and I'd be interested, again it's a big summer for a couple of clubs yeah. coming up you know, Arsenal yeah. are one uh, Everton are another City are another Um, I think the likes of Liverpool um, Man United Chelsea they're all okay they don't have to do too much Spurs another big summer for Spurs Mm -hmm. I think there's three or four of the big clubs have got big summers coming up even though we're we're in COVID-19 summer um, to make sure that they're ready to go whenever the season might start Um, so and I think Arsenal are one of them but I think what what I've seen from Arsenal is that they're a bit like uh, Mad City but not as good as Mm-hmm. They're decent going forward. They've got some really good attacking players and attacking options. But trust me, the back four, no thank you. Yeah. No thank you. It needs major surgery. If Arsenal are going to be top four again, then they need a couple of, at least a couple of decent centre backs who know how to defend. Uh, and if they can do that, if they can get them, then the rest of the group they've got, I think, will give them a real good chance next year of to being top four.
0: Let me ask you about Manchester United. They uh, had another very, very good win at the weekend. Not perfect. Some defensive lapses as well. But I want to ask you a two-part question. I want to ask you what you think of them under Solskjaer. And I want to ask you what you think of Mason Greenwood.
1: Well, under Solskjaer, I have to say, I was not convinced with the appointment. I have mm-hmm. to be honest. I hold my hands up. I'm quite happy to do that. I don't mind admitting, at the moment, I was wrong. I thought it might be too big for Ollie. I thought the, the appointment might be too much for them. And we don't know yet whether it right. is. They are having a fantastic spell. We know that. They've got some fantastic young players. Um, the signing of Bruno Fernandes was an inspirational. Uh, not, I can't remember a young player like that coming into the league and hitting the ground running as well as he's done. Yeah. Um, if anyone else can think of one, let me know. But he's, he's hit this league as well as anyone. And it's been fantastic for United. He's given them something they, they didn't have before he arrived. As for Mason Greenwood, I can only offer you the opinion that I've seen. I've seen a massively t- talented young man, teenager. I can only listen to people who know him better than me, his manager and others. Uh, when, when your teammates talk about an 18-year-old and say, he's special we want him in the team he needs to play then you know he's special when the coach says he's as good as Wayne Rooney was at the age of 18 Mm -hmm. then you know he's special and I think that knowing Manchester United the one thing that Fergie did he never let a kid get ahead of himself when he was coach and I think Ollie will remember that and it's good to see that Ollie's doing the same sort of thing he's playing him he's giving him nice things when he talks about him but he's not letting them get ahead of himself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for Mason and Manchester United. But the world is his oyster. And I haven't said that to about many players. Um, He is hugely talented. I think only he can stop himself becoming a really special player. From a Bruno Fernandez perspective, the last
0: player I suppose from United's perspective that has made that type of immediate impact was probably Eric Cantona. But uh, where he came in and completely revitalised the football club, um, I want to cast your attention north of the border. Of course, you're uh, ex-Rangers man. I had Graham us on the show a week ago, and I had Chris Sutton, and we talked about this. What does Rangers need to do this season to stop ten in a row happening?
1: Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Anything it takes. <laughs> are they going
0: to stop it, Andy? Uh, yeah, that was...
1: It. By the way, that was a daft question to me. I, know, it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know. Uh, no, I've got I, Celtic listen, fans, We're just fans and are mates. This is very on. much... This is very much a fans thing, you know. It. Yes, of course. Um, of course. You know... Do, do, do I want Celtic to win a 10th in a row? No, I don't. I'm yes. a Rangers man, of as course. you've said. I'm a Rangers fan, born and bred. Um, uh, does any Rangers fan want them to win it? No. But listen, if Celtic end up winning it because they're the best team, then fine, we'll have to acknowledge that. But, you know, Stephen Gerrard's said had a couple of years now mm-hmm. to get to know what's happening in Glasgow, to get to know how important this is. Uh, if he doesn't know now, he never will. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to manage the most pressurised season he will ever manage in his life, mm-hmm. and I mean that. Even if he goes back yeah. and manages Liverpool, he'll be under no more pressure than he is this year from Rangers fans yeah. to stop Celtic making it ten in a row. Yeah. It's just for Rangers fans, it's inconceivable. Right. Uh, it's 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 just not a, it's not going to be allowed. And and I think that's the pressure that Stephen and Gary McAllister and the guys who are there are under to make sure Rangers fight it all the way. And by the way, it ain't bad for Scottish football. It's it's, it's become not a laughing stock, but no one's kind of interested in it over the years. But this year, everyone will be interested in it. And if Rangers and Celtic go toe-to-toe for the season, then I would love that. Because it's been too long since Rangers went toe-to-toe and took it down to the last couple of games of the season, and and I hope that this is it. And obviously, I hope that when the end comes, sure. that we are on top. Just well, look, that would be it. Nice. <laughs> I think I understand. There's a, there's a green half of there's a green half of Glasgow thinks so otherwise, yes. I, I, and I get that.
0: I have to say, last year we saw both Scottish clubs in Europe for the first time in a long time. Uh, go deep, go far. I think we're seeing great improvements in Scottish game. I think. Um, Look, I'm neither Celtic nor Rangers. I have Celtic fans I that are friends of mine. I have Rangers fans that are friends of mine. I think it's good for a Scottish game to have this. And my Celtic fans, well, m- mates will kill me for saying that, but I do think it's good for both teams to have that tip because they defend each other. Barcelona and Real Madrid defend each other. Man United and Liverpool defend each other. This is very, very important, and it pushes both teams, and we've seen it in Europe this season where Scottish teams finally have made an impact and uh, gone far and helped yeah. the coefficient. So it um, be big, big season, and... Uh, we'll see you. Andy, mate, absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and come on the show. I'd love to get you back again and uh, wish all the best out there in that 200 degree weather, mate.
1: <laughs> no problem. Cheers, and, and Andy.
0: Anytime you need me, just give me a shout. Legend, mate. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. Take Bye-bye. care, guys. See you, mate. Bye. All the best.